0: Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are Ezekiel 18 through 20. Yeah, I'm doing another rerecord. Rabbit trails. <laughs> we begin chapter 18 with Yahweh giving Ezekiel a very particular message for Israel regarding a common saying in their day. In fact, this was such a common saying that it was even referenced or rather refuted in Jeremiah 31 verses 29 through 30 and Lamentations 5-7. It reads, The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. This is from Ezekiel 18.2. The saying essentially meant that each generation had to pay for the sins of their fathers. It was said in complaint and often used to blame their ancestors for their own lot in life. In having this attitude, it allowed folks to live with a mindset of thinking it didn't matter if they obeyed or not because, regardless, they would be punished based on their father's behavior so they might as well just live how they choose. It also put them in a place of accusing Yahweh of being unjust. Side note, Yahweh is a God of justice, period. Chapter 18 goes on to paint illustrations of just how this actually works according to the Father. Note that once again, the Father's ways contradict what the world says his ways are. Here, we have Yahweh giving people first hand information about him so that they can choose who they will believe yet again. Remember, Yahweh's word is our straight edge to which all else must line up. Ezekiel 18, 5-9 reads, If a man is righteous and does what is just and right, if he does not eat upon the mountains or lift up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, does not defile his neighbor's wife or approach a woman in her time of menstrual impurity does not oppress anyone, but restores to the dead or his pledge, commits no robbery, gives his bread to the hungry, and covers the naked with a garment, does not lend at interest or take any profit, withholds his hands from injustice, executes true justice between man and man, walks in my statutes, and keeps my rules by acting faithfully. He is righteous. He shall surely live, declares the Lord God. A righteous man does what is right, and Yahweh will bless him. Now in Ezekiel 18, verses 10 through 13, we read If he fathers a son who is violent, a shedder of blood, who does any of these things, though he himself did none of these things, who even eats upon the mountains, defiles his neighbor's wife, oppresses the poor and needy, commits robbery, does not restore the pledge, lifts up his eyes to the idols, commits abomination, lends at interest, and takes profit. Shall he then live? He shall not live. He has done all these abominations. He shall surely die. His blood shall be upon himself. So a man chooses to do evil? He brings curses upon himself. Now, Ezekiel 18 verses 14 through 18 reads, Now suppose this man fathers a son who sees all the sins that his father has done. He sees and does not do likewise. He does not eat upon the mountains, or lift up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, does not defile his neighbor's wife, does not oppress anyone, exacts no pledge, commits no robbery, but gives his bread to the hungry and covers the naked with a garment, withholds his hand from iniquity, takes no interest or profit, obeys my rules and walks in my statutes. He shall not die for his father's iniquity. He shall surely live. As for his father, he practiced extortion, robbed his brother, and did what was not good among his people. Behold, he shall die for his iniquity. So here we see that if a man is evil and his son sees that and decides not to walk in those same ways, the son will be blessed for his ways and not pay the price for his father's sin. Each generation has a choice to walk in the curses of their fathers or break them by walking in the way of the Father. I've seen generations of family members walking in curses, passing these ways down to their children and grandchildren. And then someone chose to stand in the midst of that and take the narrow path. Generations to come reaped the blessings of that one action. I am one of those. This principle of Yahweh is summed up at the end of Ezekiel 18.20, which reads, The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. See also Deuteronomy 24.16 and Jeremiah 31.30. We also see another side to this in Exodus 20 verse 5, but I do not see this as the least bit contradictory. Below are some of my notes from Exodus thirty three through thirty five to explain why. Notes from Exodus thirty three through thirty five. Exodus thirty four verses six through seven reads Yahweh passed before him and, and proclaimed Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity, and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Let's talk about these three to four generations and how they're being punished for the sins of their parents. Now, Yahweh, in his wisdom, deems it so, and we are not questioning his judgment, just examining the effects. So if you think about it. Back then, families lived together, with a few generations under one roof. Three to four generations would have simply been great-grandpa, grandpa, father, and son. Basically, if someone sinned against God, the result of that sin would have naturally been felt by the entire household. Now, that's just a thought. One example to bring this into our own timeline is how an alcoholic and abusive father affects his household. His drinking and abuse would cause agony in the lives of every family member. They might be more likely to react abusively in other situations, and studies show they would be more prone to alcoholism. This is just one of the ways curses can be passed down. Today, we refer to them as cycles of abuse. I personally know families with generations of this behavior in them. It is taught and passed down. These are generational curses, and more often than not, they consist of new generations repeating the pattern set forth by previous generations. In this way, we either bless or we curse our children by how we live our lives. Now, there's a very important note here. It has always been possible to get out from under a generational curse, or the consequences of the sins of a previous generation, by repenting and turning to Yahweh. There are many verses about this. Here's two to get you started. Leviticus 26, verses 39 through 42, and Malachi 3, verses 6 through 7. Now, we will see time and again in our reading that though a civilization or people may condemn themselves through their own behavior, Yahweh always has a path for individuals in that group to repent. Please remember this extremely important point. Yahweh has always shown grace to those who would turn away from that and return to him. I do want to point out something in Ezekiel 18.10 where the narrative of the sinful son of a righteous father begins. Now, at first, it may look like Yahweh is saying that the father will die for his son's sins. But if you keep on reading, you'll see that's not the case. Pay attention to Ezekiel 18.13 where it mentions that he has done all these things to reinforce that this is a reference to the Son. It's one of those passages that's written in such a way that it could be seen as opposite of what it actually is saying when you take it out of context. We will see a lot of this with Paul's writings. People love, love, love to pull out some Paul and pretzel twist it a bit. What Yahweh says in Ezekiel 1820 clarifies this just in case there's any doubt. The Father uses this as an opportunity to teach us, once more, as he has done time and time again, about his character. Ezekiel 18, 23 reads, Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die? He takes no pleasure in this. His hope and pleasure is when his people repent and return to him. Ezekiel 18, 24-25 reads, But when a righteous person turns away from his righteousness, and does injustice, and does the same abominations as the wicked person does, shall he live? None of the righteous deeds he has done shall be remembered, for the treachery of which he is guilty, and the sin he has committed, for them he shall die. Yet you say, The way of the Lord is not just. Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? Now, this is yet another passage where popular doctrines contradict what Yahweh says. In this case, It's the once-saved-always-saved doctrine proved wrong yet again. We've read this being refuted a couple of times before in previous books, so this should be no surprise to us. The Father is defending himself against those who say he is unjust by declaring plainly how just he actually is. Something to think on. Who would declare that Yahweh is unjust? One who seeks to repent or one who doesn't want to repent? Chapter 20 shows the Father taking the time, again, to remind Israel of what all he has done for them and how many times he's asked them to turn from their ways. Remember our conversation about being so worried about not getting the mark of the beast that we aren't even thinking about whether or not we have the mark of the Father? One of those marks, or signs of the Father, is mentioned in this chapter. The entire chapter goes on in great detail and should be read carefully. Here's just one small portion of it for reference here. And that's Ezekiel 20, verses 18 through 21, which reads, And I said to their children in the wilderness, Do not walk in the statutes of your fathers, nor keep their rules, nor defile yourself with their idols. I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules and keep my Sabbaths holy that they may be a sign between you and me that you may know that I am the Lord your God. But the children rebelled against me. They did not walk in my statutes and were not careful to obey my rules, by which, if a person does them, he shall live. They profaned my Sabbaths. I'm reminded of myself as a parent when the kids were little and how sometimes I had to say the same thing over and over again. Sometimes I would get frustrated and I'd think, how many times am I going to have to say this? Through the course of living, I came to realize that a parent's love usually leads us to answer. One more time. Of course, being a good parent, eventually you'll stop with the warnings and let them learn it for themselves. This is what I see happening now in our time. We've pushed him out. We told him we don't need him. We've set up our worship according to our ways and told him that our way of doing things is better. We've decided we don't need to read the Bible and it's better to just read books about the Bible instead. He has warned us time and again and given us the complete book of instructions for our time here on this earth, but we choose to go our way. So when his warnings and his signs go unheeded, like a good parent, he lets us have our way so that we can see where that gets us. I want to end my notes today with a little backtracking to chapter 18 again. Ezekiel 18 verses 21 through 22 reads, but if a wicked person turns away from all his sins that he has committed and keeps all my statutes and does what is just and right, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of the transgressions he has committed shall be remembered against him. i said it before, and I'll say it again whenever I have a chance to for the rest of my days. He has always been a God of grace. Always test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians five twenty one. We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of his word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.